Greetings, 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 beautiful people. My name is Simon Javan Okelo. I am in Seattle, Washington, and uh, I am really, really grateful for, uh, you know, the time that you've created to join our conversation today. Uh, I have a really special guest that I want to quickly uh, bring to the screen before we continue with our conversation. Uh, Joan, go ahead and say hello to everyone who is joining us for the show today. Um, good afternoon from Kenya, Nairobi, Kenya. Uh, it's 4 p.m. here. My name is Joan Onyango, or Punga, as you've seen, and I'm grateful. To, I'm grateful to be here, Simon. It's been a while. I know, I know. It's it's def definitely been a while, and I'm going to give you a proper introduction in just a moment. For now, I want to just take all of us to what the proverb for the day is, and I'm going to quickly share the three nuggets of wisdom. And then I'm going to properly introduce our guest and uh, also create space for Joanne to share with us uh, her own perspectives in regards to today's proverb. So uh, our proverb is from Malawi. Uh, this is beautiful. Uh, I lived in Malawi for a while uh, and worked there. So the proverb says that don't be like the mosquito. Don't be like the mosquito that bites the owner of the house. Don't be like the mosquito that bites the owner of the house. So I'll quickly just jump into the three nuggets of wisdom related to this proverb. Um, the first one says that we should not betray the, 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 the trust of those who have been kind to us. So this is a common thing that, um, of course, uh, as, as a Kenyan, so many people want to use you as a ladder so that they get to where they need to get to and then after that you know you're 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 not useful to them anymore they make their way and uh they dust their feet on you as they move on so this is a, a really common one uh the second one is uh, loyalty and integrity are essential qualities to cultivate uh you know these days if you find a loyal friend like joanne uh, definitely you 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 you're you know you're privileged like myself and i'll say more about that and then finally we must be grateful uh for the kindness of others and reciprocate it in our own uh actions you know a lot of the time what you say does not matter but what you do uh matters a lot so uh, as i was saying earlier first of all those who are watching i just want you to take a minute subscribe to the channel if you haven't and also comment down below uh, in the chat with your own perspective in regards to this proverb. I'm just going to share it one more time. Don't be like the mosquito that bites the owner of the house. That is our proverb today. And uh, our guest is really familiar with this platform. Uh, Joan Onyango Obunga has been an amazing supporter of this uh, you know, platform. Uh, when I was doing this show on Clubhouse, and um you know having a really big community there that supported this a lot of them were not even from kenya but joan always showed up and supported and uh you know those who are meeting her for the first time she's an economist turned a lawyer with over 20 years of uh, experience uh, working in research economic planning credit management formulation of public policy 
amongst many many other experiences um and you know john has really really been someone that uh has supported uh the luo community across the world you know so she supported me long before uh twitter spaces even uh, started and currently she's helping build a really amazing space that we're also going to talk about uh, later on in the show so for now joan i want you to take a stab at this proverb uh, the proverb that we have for the day when we sent this to you what came to your mind um thank you very much javan okello and i just want to say that what attracted me to you is your name <laughs> my late father remember i mentioned this to you my late father was javan and uh, there are very few people who have that name so and also i just like your resilience you know i've always told people that come four o'clock kenyan time you're always on to discuss you know the african gems that we have and thank you very much for doing this and thank you for just progressing the african you know culture with the wise sayings that you keep introducing to us well um when you sent me this proverb what came to my mind was really do not bite the hand that feeds you you know a lot of us are familiar with that you know um you don't uh, play games you know with the hand that feeds you someone who knows how you eat or how you sleep you see a mosquito is in your house it's a very tiny thing it depends on you in the house for water uh, and even food in terms of your blood and it can be an irritant to you um thinking that it's special or it's big enough sometimes even causes you disease but it doesn't know that sometimes all you have to do is slap it down. So what came to my mind is never bite the hand that feeds you. And also we never, we should always just be grateful, you know, and give back to the support that we get from whichever angle. Always look back, never shut the door, always hold the door for people who come after you because when you're assisted, don't take that for granted. So basically, that's what came to my mind the very first time when you sent me the proverb. I love that. I love that. And it's uh, it's beautiful that, uh, you know, this is something that as, as parents, we should remind, uh, we should remind our children about. Uh, and so I'm just so happy that this is being documented because really, we don't know what our children are watching on YouTube. We don't know what they're watching online. And so it's good for us as young uh, African parents, we are really the 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 uncles and aunties that we used to have, you know. And so, being able to document this type of conversation and hearing you drop those uh, beautiful uh, words of wisdom really helps. Uh, now, I, I one of the things I love uh, talking about for those again who are joining me for the Afia podcast for the first time. I ask this question to all the guests that join me for the show because for me, I feel that what uh, drives me uh, and what the story, there's one story that I always remember from when I was eight years old, uh, my mother mm. gave me a bicycle and asked me to help her distribute milk and bread in our neighborhood in Kisumu. And in Manyata, where I grew up, you know, mm there are a lot of kiosks you know that sell milk and bread uh and dondo for those who are watching from kenya and matumbo and omena you know <laughs> and so uh 
because these small kiosks cannot afford to buy like 20 loaves of bread we used to literally you know get them the bread then they would cut it into four pieces then you know one loaf serves four families you know and so mm. being able to be a distributor of bread and milk in this neighborhood helped me build a network and really become the entrepreneur that I am today so i love asking my guests to share a similar story of what it is that happened when you are younger that continues to inspire who you are today uh, because joan uh, you are i feel that you are a successful professional and you don't have to be in the spaces that you are but you always uh, choose to contribute your voice choose to uh, support people who are doing good work uh, just out of the goodness of your heart but um maybe there is something that drives you to do the work you do to show up for people like you do so speak to that for a moment and share a story with us yeah um my story is very practical and my story emanates from my family i was brought up as an only child for many years i was an only child for about 15 years before my brother came my brother was is 15 years younger than me and uh I was taught the reason why I'm like this is because even as I was an only child we never at any point were three of us at home my dad invited all his relatives his brothers would come over my cousins would come over and that we were always houseful there was no time that uh, we did not have an extended member of the family and those were all brothers and um you know even growing up i was always taught that you know you need to love people you need to take people as you take yourself and the fact that we had people to help around the house did not mean that we would not do work in the house my mother would make me scrub the house clean you know even as we had a help so i was shown that you know as much as you may be privileged or you may be better than someone always you know bring those people up to your level because they are human like you my father always taught me to love people um and be respectful and whenever um someone abused me would be like oh thank them for it and i believe that's why i have this heart of empathy um i believe that you know if you have something share if you have a gift just share and let that gift shine to the world give out um and also always have a heart of gratitude so that's a story that i have i was brought up in a home that welcome guests i still welcome people i'll go into spaces and give my all some have been called uh, stupid by someone because of that but it gives me a lot of um i'll say um fulfillment when i give back to society yes that's beautiful it's it's really amazing how um you know giving is hard but taking is very easy you know uh and also technology has made it easy for us to be able to give uh and what i realize is that the biggest gift you can give uh is your time you know and so uh a lot of the time for example this what you're giving me now is huge you know and Uh, we are documenting a beautiful conversation that is grounded on african wisdom you know african ancestral wisdom and so i feel that these days to be generous is not hard just showing up for someone even in online spaces even on social media 
utilizing these spaces for good uh is very very important so i just love uh, your the story of uh you know the the discipline that your parents raised you with uh, but also the generosity that they taught you to have um but i i want you to now just talk a little bit about your professional career you know uh, it's not many kenyans who have accomplished some of the things that you have accomplished you know and so um why did you choose this path why did you choose uh, your current legal path and and uh, if there is a young uh, girl watching from your village and uh, who has always been curious because now the internet is everywhere i'm sure somebody from uh, your village is probably watching but what did you tell them what did you tell them that hey this is actually how i i did this and this is why i'm able to afford um my lifestyle in nairobi you know nairobi is one of the most expensive cities in the world <laughs> <laughs> yeah um I began my professional journey at 22 uh, because by 21 I'd finished my first degree in economics. Uh, I studied BA in economics and philosophy and um, my my study of more philosophy is what gave me a broader mind to um, you know just seek what the meaning of life is. So I went into the banking sector, into the financial sector upon finishing my first degree i worked in the space of uh, rural credit uh, where we would give credit to the rural folk and that's what grounded me as a human being grounded me as a person because i would go into the rural area you know to inspect you know the projects that we were the farming projects that we were funding and that you know also made me rethink about where i come from uh, from Nyanza. I come from the mighty Luo nation. You know, it's, it's, it's a tribe that, yeah, it's a tribe that I think uh, world over we should know. The, Obama, the, the tribe that Obama comes from, that's the tribe that I'm from. So I went into rural finance. Uh, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit and then left that, went and worked in Southern Sudan for a bit, came back to Kenya, joined the banking sector. So whilst I was at the, in the banking sector, I realized that, you know, I was more of pushing profit. You know, it was about profit, profit for shareholders. And I felt empty inside because I was wondering, I'm, I'm not impacting community. You know, here it's about profit, profit, profit. And you paid well for it. But deep inside, I felt, you know, I need to give better. I need to give more to society. And that's when I decided to go into the study of law because i felt that you know um my journey in the in the in the in the private sector brought to my attention the disparities and inequalities that we have in society so you know i thought that maybe if i studied law i'd be able to help in you know just reducing this inequality gap that we had through the rule of law and the specifically in uh, drafting law so i went back to law school <laughs> <laughs> Four years in, in, in law school, went to KSL, Kenya School of Law, you know, where you study for your bar exams, uh, passed my exams, and now went into the drafting law, um, you know, realm. I get a lot of satisfaction in doing that because, you know, 
One, you get to understand how people live because when you draft law, you draft it from a very practical, you know, space where you're listening to people's problems and you're supposed to use this law that you're drafting to cure that societal problem that you've experienced. So I'm getting a lot of, um, you know, satisfaction working with government um, at both national and county level, and even just working with civil society in, in, in drawing up law and policy that have now gotten into public policy so that we can make, um, you know, the country and the community a better place. So it's a journey I love doing. Uh, people think that when you do law, you're only going to court. I don't think I enjoy litigation. I would enjoy litigation because I find it very, you know, it's gloomy. You're always fighting, you know, you're pushing and pulling. You're fighting about who should win and who should lose. Um, so litigation is not my thing. And that's why I went into the space of drafting Sharia. So that's why I am uh, Javan. I love that. Uh, you know, speaking about drafting law, you know, I live in Seattle, Washington, where I am right now, uh, and people had to vote to legalize marijuana. So here, if you walk, uh, you find a lot of marijuana stores and, uh, you know, marijuana medical clinics, you know, it's legal. How would you approach creating a law to legalize marijuana in Kenya? Because I feel that, for example, in Nyanza, there's huge pieces of land there are so many young people who are idle, who have no jobs, you know. Um, and Joanna, if you go online and look it up, you'll find that the U.S., the Canadian government, the Jamaican government earned billions of dollars this last financial year from mm. this industry, you know. So uh, let's say you have the opportunity to draft a law to legalize marijuana in Kenya. How do you approach it? <laughs> Um, well, um, you realize the last election um, was an election that was on a platform of, of economic uh, uplifting of the Kenyan people. And I think for the first time in Kenya, you know, the candidates were talking about the economic uplifting of people. And it so, happened, it so happens that one of the parties actually came on the campaign trail on the platform of marijuana. And marijuana um, in Kenya is viewed as a drug, you know, and I think that's the downside of it. Um, we have read, I personally have read about marijuana and the benefits that it, ha it has in terms of, you know, being a pain medication for cancer patients, for example. Um, it's able to also uh, help manage issues of bipolar. And uh, there's also, a brother of ours from the Lua community who once approached the Senate to petition the Kenyan parliament on the need to uh, legalize marijuana for the purposes that you're talking about, you know, the commercial purposes that you're talking about, because he says that marijuana as a raw material can be used in building as in building houses, it's, it's medicinal, um, you can build furniture with it. So I think in Kenya, if the Kenyan people feel that, you know, we need to unpack uh, the values of marijuana as a raw material, then why not? I will stand guided, I will wait for the drafting instructions, and we will draft the marijuana law so that the Kenyan parliament can go ahead and pass it after, you know, of course, um, consulting with the community. Because when you draft law, you draft law 
that will benefit the community. And so it's important for uh, whoever is formulating legislation to speak to the people so that to understand where the gaps are and what they need the law to do for them. So yes, I would draft a law for marijuana if Kenya is ready. That's beautiful. Well, yeah. now uh, speak to, you spoke about the Luo Nation a lot in our conversation today and uh, you are deeply involved with, uh, you know, the Luo Town Hall on Twitter spaces. Uh, so speak to why this is important to you. And John, if you just move the other the other way, uh, I think to your left, right there, right? One more time, right there. Yes, 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 yes. And then... <laughs> And then speak to why this town hall is important, especially now. And it's true that uh, Obama came from the Luo uh, tribe and Lupita Nyong'o came from the Luo tribe. Uh, you know, uh, I come from the Luo pra- uh, tribe. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big deal too. <laughs> Raila comes from the Luo tribe. So I feel that, I feel that uh, it's really important. Uh, and, and I'm learning this from here in the U.S., where a lot of the ethnic, uh, you know, the, the, the Indian tribes, you know, the, the, the original owners of this land, they are now fighting back. Uh, they are bringing uh, literature in their language. They are bringing, uh, you know, community centers uh, centered around uh, like the Makushut tribe, you know, the Duwamish tribe. Those are the owners of this land that I, I'm standing on. And so I feel that in Africa, in Kenya, and even in Nyanza, a lot of people are not proud of themselves. They don't even want to be identified as Luo. Uh, but you guys are busy uh, programming heavily on Twitter. Speak to why that is important for you. Um, there's a Swahili saying that, go, that's go, that goes, Kosa Mila Nimtumwa. Kiswahili is not a very strong point for Luos. But what that means is, you know, if you don't follow your culture, then you're lost. And, um, you know, culture is, you know, every human being world over is grounded in culture and culture is your root, culture is your lineage. So what is happening is, you know, with the advent of education as we have it today, a lot of us are, you know, uh, forgetting our roots. We are forgetting our culture and our culture is what makes us. Um, there's a lot of things like the proverbs that we have today, you know, is a wise saying that uh, the Malawians had, and it has, a, it had a reason. And that's why, um, you know, we need to go back and just interrogate our cultures and uplift our cultures because they have meaning. There's a reason why um, our forefathers so uh, benefits in living the way they lived. You see issues of global warming coming up, for example. Uh, this is because we have actually left our roots and we have gone into destroying the, the you know, the, 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 the earth. We are destroying the earth, yet our forefathers had, you know, very scientific ways, culturally, culturally rooted on how to preserve the environment, for example. There's a way that we relate as a lower community. Um, we kept family very close. Um, we kept respect even as we kept family close. And there were rules and norms um, within the Luo culture that we are losing nowadays so that there's no respect uh, amongst even the, 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 the generations. 
you'll find that, um, you know, because we have loss of culture, there are a lot of children who have been abandoned. They are not taken care of. Amongst the Luo, a child always had a home. But nowadays you'll find that we don't have that. Relationships are breaking up because there's no family support, something that the Luo culture was very big on. Uh, you find that, for example, if uh, someone lost a spouse, and for example, if it was a lady who lost her husband, the community would come around and take care of her and the children. But nowadays they are left to the elements, right? There's a lot of also um, competition and I'll call it, what do I call it? Competition amongst the sexes. That was not there. Why? Because culturally there were rules for both you know, the male and the female that we are losing currently because of education. I agree that education is good. It, it broadens our mind. I agree absolutely. But then again, there are those aspects of our culture that give us depth. There are those aspects of our culture, culture that, made, that made us thrive as humanity. And um, because we are losing them, there's a lot of dysfunction around. So we at the Lua Nation Town Hall meet and we meet whenever we can, you know, to just speak about our culture and what we need to do as a Luo nation. The Luo nation is actually a tribe that, um, you know, traces its roots to the, you know, to the Sudan. And we also believe that we are related to the pharaohs, the pharaohs. We call them pharaohs in Luo. The pharaohs, we are, we are, we are, we are actually um related to them if you follow the lineage so these are some of the things that we need to um look back at the lua tribe is a brilliant mind the lua tribe is excellent and that's what i always believe in see what javan is doing here um, and so we at the lua nation are trying to just trace back our steps and bring back forth what our forefathers gave to us I love that. Thank you. Thank you, John. Uh, there are so many of you who are watching the show now. I just want to say thank you for taking your time uh, out of your busy day to be here with us for the Afia podcast. Today's episode is featuring the incredible John Onyango Obunga, who is uh, an economist. Uh, and she, she turned from being an economist to being a lawyer. Uh, and she's just a wonderful, uh, you know, supporter of the work that i do here with this show and also she supports the luo town hall on twitter spaces and she's just an incredible incredible mother as well uh and i'm a father of three girls let's talk quickly about parenting john um you know what would you say is uh the the, the best thing that uh, parenting has taught you uh that you you'd encourage you'd use to encourage you know, people who are currently freaking out that they're just about to have, uh, they're just about to become parents, you know, especially here in the diaspora, you know, a lot of the time you're just by yourself, you know, you, you don't even have uh, somebody that looks like you. And then suddenly you're having a child, you don't know how to raise them uh, amongst strangers, amongst uh, a new culture where people are eating different food. So just a little about parenting. And then uh, I want you to also think about how people can stay connected with you. You know, uh, where can people follow you on social media? And uh, uh, is there anything that we can do to support what you're doing, uh, especially with the Luo Town Hall? You know, speak to those uh, briefly as we get towards the end of our time together today. Thank you. 
Thank you very much, Javan. And yeah, um, always be grateful to be a parent because it's the best gift you can ever have. I am a mother of three, two boys, one girl. Um, beautiful to be a mother, but sometimes it can be a pain eh? to be a parent, <laughs> especially when you want to um, your kids to go a certain way and they choose other ways that they want to uh, go. But it's the most beautiful, um, I'll call it job that you can have. But one advice that I would give, you know, from my experience is let your children flow and be themselves. Um, growing up, we were, you know, parented to do what our parents wanted us to be. But now the, you know, the world has changed and children are exposed to a lot of things. So just let your child flow and support your child to just follow their heart uh, because there's everything for everyone. I believe that we need to teach our children to, 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 to love each other, to show kindness, um, and just be good people, you know? There's a lot of competition that goes around um, in the world. We need to protect our kids from that dysfunction by showing them to just always spread love. For me, that's a very big thing. Spreading love is a big thing. Uh, I believe there's enough for everyone. And that's why whenever I stumble across, you know, spaces where I can be able to contribute, I do it wholeheartedly. Uh, without holding back that, you know, I should get something in, in return. And you know, the interesting thing is when you open your heart that way, you receive. Somehow you just get, you receive. Uh, it comes back in equal measure. Um, you asked about my social media handles. I'm on Facebook. Um, as the name's on the screen, Joanna Nyango Bunga, you can find me there. I'm also on Twitter spaces as Joanna Cheng, Joanna Chi. Um, and uh, on Instagram with the same nomenclature, John Achi. Yeah, so you can always find me on those. Um, and also I, I want to request you to, uh, to just go to Lua Town Hall on Twitter, follow that channel. It's a very interesting uh, space to be. And especially if you're a Lua child, if you're a Lua child, let's just go there and have conversation on how we can get better and how we can give back to our, you know, our, our counties here in Kenya. There's a lot that needs to be done. You know, we have always held uh, this idea that Luanyanza is poor. We are not poor. We are not poor at all. In fact, we do better than a lot of counties that we think are rich. We are doing very well. We have great resources. Let's go, let's go back home and just um, nurture those, those resources. Thank you. Of course, of course. John, have you guys, uh, the, I should have stopped asking questions already by now because you're about to wrap up, but have you guys uh, considered inviting some of the governors and leaders, especially governors from the Luo Nyanza region, because I would be very, I would find this Luo Town Hall to be a space of holding them accountable, to be a space of giving them ideas, to be a space of asking them, hey, I gave you this idea, did you implement it, you know? uh and uh and such uh, opportunities have you guys considered that we do we do invite um we do invite nyanza leaders um and some come some some actually join in incognito to just get feedback on what we say there regarding you know 
um, governance within the Nyanza uh, counties. They do come. Uh, it's very difficult to pin them down to come, but I guess with time, uh, they will find, I'll call it courage, because sometimes it can be very <laughs> hard on leaders there, you know. Being behind a screen gives you a lot of confidence and it's, it's an opportunity to ask exactly what you want. So some come and they get it hot, they really get it heated there. Um, and I believe with time we'll be able to invite, invite them, but yes, we try to invite them. With time they'll, they'll, they'll join us and just discuss their development agenda with us. With us. So beautiful. Hey, uh, I just want to read a few comments here, John, before we wrap up. The first one is from Candy. Oh, and I think that's your daughter, right? <laughs> she says, <laughs> she says, that's my mama, very sharp and intelligent woman. I love that. That's beautiful. <laughs> and then Martin Osome, you know, Martin says good advice, you know. And then uh, brother, brother, brother Tidwell, brother Arth, uh, is his nickname. And uh, he's joining us from North Carolina, I believe. He says that uh, w what you said earlier in regards to education is very true. Uh, and uh, oftentimes education diminishes, diminishes our cultures. And then uh, I see Beryl Lakini says, Joan, you are an inspiration. Keep up the good work. Uh, and then she says, uh, wash hands, I think. Uh, she's saying something Don't else. There. She's one of us. She's one of us at the Lua Town Hall. Thank ah, you, Beryl. Beryl, nice yeah. to meet you. Yeah. yeah. And then <laughs> we have, um, you know, uh, Bees Help Son, who says that powerful, powerful. Uh, well, I can't. I can't really read it properly. So I'll just jump to the street lawyer. Oh, the street lawyer says quite refreshing to hear Joan share the story of her journey. Oh, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, Brother Tidwell is saying peace and love village. And, uh, um, you know, and Beryl also says here, finally, this is the last comment we are reading before we close. Uh, heart of gratitude is very important. Something can, something I'm cultivating in me every single day. I love that. Uh, Joan, your closing remarks before we wrap up today. Um, uh, thank you so much, Simon, for providing this opportunity for us to learn and just to go back uh, to our roots, just to be reminded about our roots. And um, I just want to advise, or I just want to encourage all of us to spread love, just spread love, just spread love for nothing, for nothing. That's all. That's what I'll wind up with. Spread love. Man, I, I love that. And uh, John, thank you again for making the time uh, for you know, for for choosing to support our culture, for choosing to support me, you know, I really, really appreciate it. And next time I'm in Nairobi, I love to eat your ugali for sure. <laughs> yeah, and to everybody, Asante Sana, to everybody who joined us for the show today, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel. And uh, for those who don't know, we were also live on AMP, which is an amazing app that is owned by Amazon. It's pretty much like Twitter spaces and clubhouse uh, and they are currently I I think it's just in the US at the moment but they are currently mm. paying creators to create on that platform they are growing it they have music inbuilt there from Amazon music so 
and Amazon has also sponsored the Madaraka Festival that I have been producing for the last nine years. So this is the second yeah. year that Amazon is, uh, you know, partnering with us. So I love promoting their products because they support us, you know. Um, and then uh, I just want to say a couple of things here. September 17th, uh, we have a Taste of Madaraka Festival, which is uh, we are just rebranding the One Vibe African Dinner series that has been going on since 2016. Uh, so from September 17th and every third Sunday until March, we are going to be having this beautiful uh, dinner series at Langston Hughes Performing Arts Institute. And, uh, you know, we'll have chefs from different parts of Africa. So the very first one is going to be um, a Ugandan chef. So uh, be prepared to enjoy some U Ugandan cuisine. Uh, and then September 30th, we have the Africa Day Business Forum at The Motif. This is an event th that people like uh, Desmond Tutu, uh, I was there last year, but in the early 60s, people like Desmond Tutu attended this event. This event was started by one of the people that came to the U.S. together with Obama's father, you know. So uh, these are people who understand the value of building business between the U.S. and Africa, you know. So if you have a business in Kenya and uh, you want to come to the U.S. to connect with business people here, these big companies, for example, uh, Lagos has uh, electric ferries. And the company that built the electric ferries in Lagos comes from here in Seattle. So if you want to do big things, this is the event that you need to be at. Uh, you know, the tickets are on Eventbrite. If you want to learn more, connect with me and I'll let you know more. Uh, with those few remarks, again, I want to encourage you to subscribe to the channel. Uh, leave us with your comment. Give this video a thumbs up and uh, just be good to yourself. Like John said, spread love even if there's no point in doing it. So take great care of yourselves, guys. Peace and love. African father in America. You are listening to African Father in America podcast by Simon Javanokello live from Seattle.